1: Sanspence Radio, if you ever see me in the street, yell at me. Yell at me real good. Tell me off. Hey everyone, just letting you know that our sister show, Plumbing the Death Star, or as I like to call it, my show, Plumbing the Death Star, is doing a live show in Melbourne, November 4 at the Eureka Hotel in Richmond. I said show a lot there in one sentence. Let's try that again. <laughs> Hey, everyone. Just letting you know that our sister show, Plumbing the Death Star, is doing a live show in Melbourne on November 4 at the Eureka Hotel in Richmond. I forgot the date, and you can tell, and that's okay. But November 4. You won't forget it, will you? That's good. Head to our Facebook page for all the details. There's an event set up there. Click attending. Message us. It'll be great. Or you can head to the show notes below if you just want to buy tickets because you're like, fuck, yeah, of course I'm going to go. This sounds mad. Listen to how confident he is at the show. will be great. Anyway, enjoy the rest of this podcast, and uh, we'll see you on November 4 at Eureka Hotel. November 4. Didn't forget that time.
0: Welcome to another episode of Movie Maintenance, where some films just need sort of fixing and sort of pitching. Today, we're talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. with like lots of I have been listening to it like while I was putting my pitch together I was listening to the theme song on repeat. There's a lot of synthesizer. Oh, you want to talk about like really synthesizer.
2: You should get onto Stranger Things if you want some synthesizer in your world. Okay, Do you know,
0: there I I didn't but <laughs> you YouTube going to
2: a 12 to
3: 10 minute track of just the opening on repeat.
0: Hmm.
3: Okay, which, which is really good. Not of not of not of not on Elm Street. Of Stranger, Stranger of Stranger Things. I, need to watch yeah. this show I don't know though. why we
2: abandoned synth. It has so many uses. I, I feel do. like it's sort of... Because didn't, um,
0: didn't... What was the horror film? Uh, it Follows. Didn't It Follows use like heaps of Yeah, it had like a weird yeah, well, no. synth mix. Yeah.
3: It was like a like, retro video game sort of score. Yeah. And it was amazing. It was. I really
2: liked that film. Got I liked the first in, half of that. Yeah, you got two minutes in and gave up.
3: Yeah. Well, and not because it was terrible, but
0: because... Because yeah. it was terrifying. I'm, I'm a
3: pussy when it's, it comes no, to No, I'm too. Right, I can't do horror It started
0: out really really scary like the first the first part i was like oh sweet i've not been shit scared from a film since probably when i watched the shining when i was 15 well, but still, then the rest of it just nothing like yeah. i mean i don't know because I, I i had this like really weird relationship with horror films where i think it was when i was like 10 or something my friends were like oh we're gonna watch jeepers creepers and i'd never seen an ma-rated movie <laughs> and i was terrified i was absolutely terrified i was like this is gonna be this is gonna be the worst it's gonna be so scary it's gonna be gory what if there's blood and i watched it and i was like that wasn't scary at all and like so began like this quest through my early teens of trying to find a horror film that actually scared me yeah. all of and them. I found
1: <laughs> yeah, I, <everything. laughs> I watched
0: all the classics I think the only thing that really like The Ring and The Grudge both kind of creeped me out uh, and I love The Ring very much but then I, I never found anything that really like made me so shit scared I couldn't go back to it until my mum was like hey watch The Shining and I was like that's not going to be scary it's from like the 70s it's like whatever and then I watched it and like I slept with the lights so on The that Shining night never, never scared
2: me it just makes me uncomfortable it never actually uh, frightened me it's the masterclass. Have you seen the thing yet? No, I haven't. Oh, thing's scary. Yeah, thing's pretty scary. See, but we're Think short I are a bad are. judge
3: of things that are scary because I, yeah. like I will only be I'm only able to watch horror films. This kind of ties into this. Is the only time I can watch horror films is this, if I pretend that I'm watching them from a critical analysis point. Yeah, right, <laughs> so right. I will get a notepad out and I will pretend to take notes just so I can disengage from the horror, and still I am absolutely terrified. With the exception of. Nightmare on Elm Street are the sort of the palatable ones because they're so schlocky and it's
0: so dated. It's the first (laughs) I watched the first Nightmare not long ago because I got um I got the Blu Ray set of all the films. I'm a huge fan of this franchise and yeah, watching um the first one back, it is so dated. Like when Freddy's like walking along with like the really long arms arms and like (laughs) all this shit that I I guess
2: was meant to be scary but really isn't. That just reminds me of the Auntie Donna sketch,
3: (laughs) Touchy Tim, Touchy touchy Tim.
0: (laughs) My co-worker making
3: you think of Auntie Donna probably wasn't what Wes Craven. Oh, well, was you know,
0: here we are. But yeah, like the Freddy franchise, because yeah, the first one, I mean, you know, it's very dated, but I still love it for what it is. The second, has anyone seen Nightmare on Elm Street two? I've seen them all. It's oh, this, the second one, the the gay subtext in the second one. What gay subtext (laughs) doth you refer to? It's ridiculous. I read this um, thing recently. Between who? Like, what do you refer to? It's- (laughs) Everyone. Okay. The second film is so strange. It basically, it's about this teenage boy who gets possessed by Freddy, and there's lots of choice lines, like, there's a man inside me, and he's (laughs) trying to get out. And basically, the whole film is a really, really clumsy metaphor for a guy coming to terms with his sexuality. And the filmmakers have confirmed this and been like, yeah, that was the intention. And I read this interview with um, the, the main actor in the film who never did anything else after that. And basically he was gay. And he said that like, you know, he'd left his like bigoted small town. And his whole idea was that he was going to make his career in Hollywood and get away from all of it. And he was deeply, deeply closeted. And these filmmakers as a joke, basically put all this gay subtext into Nightmare on Elm Street 2, not telling him about it. He thought this was going to be his big leading man break. And then he never got cast again because, you know, being the, being the early 80s, they were like, we can't have queers in our films. And so basically his career died because these guys decided to play a joke on him. And it inadvertently actually reflected his life. What's the best
3: film in the In franchise? the series.
0: Yeah.
3: Look- I've only it's, seen the first. Okay. I've Freddy vs
0: well. Jason. Fuck Freddy vs Jason. It's either <laughs> it's the remake. No, it's, it's the either remake. Thre- fuck yeah. the remake. I'm going to get into why the remake's a piece of shit. But it's Is either... the remake. Legitimately scary because I watched this last night and I'm like, it's not really a horror film. The original or the yeah, the original. Yeah. Yeah. No, the remake. The remakes. The remake has one of the best opening scenes because, like, as a fan of the franchise, I was like. You know, I went in there and I was going to watch it and going to try to enjoy it anyway. And the opening scene is, um, this I think it's like one of the Twilight vampire kids. He's like sitting in this diner and he won't sleep. He keeps drinking coffee. And Nancy, who's working the diner, like comes in and is talking to him. And he's kind of sitting there and he's like, won't go to sleep. Then they do that thing where he falls asleep. He hasn't realized he's fallen asleep. Yep. And he's walking like into the back of the diner. And it's all like, you know, smoky, dodgy corridors and everything. Then Freddie comes and attacks him and cuts his throat. Yeah. And as Freddy's cutting his throat, it cuts to him in the diner with a knife in his own throat, like pulling it through. And nice. as he does that, the theme song comes booming in the doom, 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 doom. And cool. as a fan, I was sitting there at the cinema being like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> and then the rest of the film just fucked the franchise. Just absolutely like they made they made Freddy a pedophile. Okay. Which to me, it's like you need to be able to root for a horror villain in some ways. Yeah. And in a weird way, a guy who's a child murderer Is sort of easy to root for because Freddy's kind of fun. Like, you don't take him seriously. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, what's he going to do now? What crazy, kooky murders is Freddy going to pull off now? The moment you make him a pedophile, it's not fun at all. It's just yuck. And you're watching, it's like, I can't really enjoy this because, like, I can't really be on Freddy's side. The kids who I should be rooting for in that case have no personality between them. So. Why am I watching this?
2: Yeah, I think we've discovered something really important here today, guys.
0: Pedophilia Pedophiles? Fun? Not fun. <laughs> For those listening at home,
2: don't touch kids.
0: Do you
3: know what? Not I, were they I ever will,
1: fun? <laughs> I will say the only time. And maybe we're they were.
3: We
2: wouldn't know before today.
3: <laughs> Quite the possible. only time inappropriate relations with a minor is okay. Jack Horseman season two.
2: <laughs> yeah. I but even then. I don't know if it's okay. Then, no. okay. No, not, not okay. Relatable. And boy, do they go back to it in a good way. If we can take yeah, anything yeah, good yeah. out season of
3: three. this well, Freddy as a pedophile thing, it's that he's not wearing glasses. Pe- says the do you, do one, g- says the one guy in the room wearing glasses. No, wearing they often glasses. do, don't they? Like, seriously. Sean, you're wearing glasses. I know. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the stereotype. <laughs> you can't have glasses <laughs> and you people. can't have a mustache
1: because you're a pedophile.
3: Harry Potter has glasses. He doesn't have a moustache, though. Does he? He probably grew one at one point.
2: <laughs> but he's
0: not a pedophile, Tom. No, I mean, that's what no, I'm saying. No, you're making my Sean, point for me. Sean, you might. Yeah, I'm helping Sean, you out here. Yeah. Stop complaining. Have a shave. Get contact lenses. Shut up. Contact <laughs> lenses? Come on, mate. <laughs> I'll um, no, just get the, better the, vision. Glasses tie his face together. They do. Yeah. <laughs> Something <laughs> has to. Yeah.
3: Otherwise, without the them, it just it wouldn't work. Features, and... Features that don't
0: quite You know, without the, the glasses, face his Freddy. face
2: just like melts out of place. <laughs> so he has to keep it all together. Like a Freddy face.
0: Yeah. In yeah. yeah. So if Freddy wore glasses, his face wouldn't be fucked.
3: No, it wouldn't. He'd be, yeah. He would tie his face together. He'd look totally normal except for the claw hands. Mm. Sequel. Um, his on, still on the note of the best
0: nightmare film, probably the seventh one. Oh, okay. New Nightmare. Okay. know the Dream Warriors. Oh, Dream Warriors, yeah. Dream Warriors Thank is pretty you. fucking good. Dream Warriors is very fucking good. But I read the synopsis for Dream Warriors, and it sounds like the best movie ever
2: made in so, the history of the So for those who, world. who don't know,
0: basically, <laughs> Dream Warriors is the third film, and basically after they royally botched the second one, they brought Wes Craven back for the third one. And he was like, I think he actually said, look, he goes, I will write the screenplay for it. Provided you make this the ending of the franchise, because he never wanted there to be a sequel. I okay. know. And they pretty much said to him, Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. And then, of course, I made a fourth one right after. But basically, Dream Warriors they made is, seven. They made <laughs> eight if you include, well, nine if you include the remake and Freddy vs. Jason. But. <laughs> oh,
3: where's Craven? I just want to do one, guys. Are you sure. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I crossed my fingers. Is there only one um, Freddy vs. Jason? Yeah, there's yeah. only one, thank God.
0: They never went
2: but- back to that world well like they did with Alien and Predator. Who won? It's
3: it a draw? The audience? draw. Oh. No, the audience, the audience lost. The audience
0: really lost. Oh. Well, they won that there was another one, oh, but we wow. sort of had to go. Actually, no, that was the there.
2: tagline for the for the Alien vs Predator movie. Well, yeah, wins, wins. We we wins. And lose. how? Mm. Um, <laughs> why is there a sequel to that? Because it's like a pity sequel. They wanted to you know <laughs> we'll try, and, try it again and get it right this time. Mm. First ever MA rated film I saw at the cinema was Alien vs Predator two.
3: That's so unfortunate for you. Guys. Yeah, I'm so sorry.
2: I mean, the second was Inglorious Bastards. So oh, that's okay. Right. That's pretty good. I think my one was Last Samurai. I don't know what mine was. So I win, right? You do win. Mm. I think the first R rated film I saw overall was Mad Max. Nah, you win. Mine was Kill Bill, mm. the first one. Mine was pop fiction. I was like 11. Mm. I was like, I got really into cars. So my dad's like, all right, cars, cars. The kid likes cars. Show him yeah, Mad Max. But the first Mad Max Mad Mad is, Mad actually, Mad is Mad
0: actually pretty tame.
2: Like, to be fair, it's... A family gets murdered and raped in, like, the first... There's a lot of rape in that movie. Yeah, Mad Max it's... is probably the most rape-happy franchise in the world. Yeah, probably. That's, Gabe, that's Gabe's ideal of, of tame. There's
1: <laughs> <Yeah, it's> just <laughs> a lot of rape in it. It's pretty
0: tame. No, I, I don't know. I watched the first one, like, maybe four years ago or something. I just remember thinking, why is this rated R? Like, it's mm. kind of... It is schlocky and very old and clearly a cheap exploitation film that... I don't know. Anyway. Speaking
3: of very old. Yes. Back
0: to that. No, so the third one is uh, Dream Warriors is basically there's a there's an asylum and all the leftover Elm Street kids are in the asylum. And basically, Freddy's like trying to pick them off one by one. It has that amazing scene where Freddy uses like is Freddy basically like rips a guy's tendons out and uses him like a marionette. Oh, that's great. And walks him off a building. And basically, so to everyone watching, it's like he's sleepwalking with like his arms moving around. But- in the dream it's like his tendons are being used as strings and it's really fucked up and then so basically what happens is that they bring in Nancy Thompson from the first film and she teaches them to fight and so they sort of create this team to fight basically back like against, Freddy and team yeah. against Freddy. It's like
3: against Freddie
0: it's very cool. cool and the seventh one Wes Craven's New Nightmare is set in the real world and basically it's about uh, Heather Langenkamp who played Nancy who's like trying to kind of I think she's trying to have a career comeback or something yep. and basically Freddy Krueger starts killing people in the real world. And it's kind of a fuck you to the sequels because it's what super they, meta. It's super meta. And basically what they imply in the film was that in Wes Craven's weird meta mythology, is it like a great work of art can keep evil at bay. And he, what he's implying is that the first Nightmare on Elm Street was a great work of art that kept evil at bay, <laughs> and then the sequels diluted it <laughs> uh, to yeah. the point where now Freddy's gotten out into the real world and is wreaking havoc. Which is effectively oh, what he does when he does
3: Scream 4, where he basically yeah. does that whole sequence where... Oh, well,
0: New Nightmare was a precursor for the Scream films. Yeah. Like for Wes Craven's sort of meta... Absolutely. ...self-referential phase.
3: And and basically going fuck you to studios in that, that moment in Scream 4 where um, the main girl has to name every remake ever yeah, yeah. otherwise she's going to be killed and, and she the sits in the this end, chair like... and she just goes for like five minutes naming remakes and that's where's craven just being like that's, that's great
0: and then you know there's a bit at the end where sydney kills the villain she's like you know you forgot the first rule of remakes don't fuck with the original yes basically i've sort of written my ideal nightmare on elm street film and it's sort. i think the best point of comparison is between its rela- uh, In terms of its relationship to the original film, is if you think about the Eric Banner Hulk and the Edward Norton Hulk, yep. where the Edward Norton Hulk doesn't directly contradict anything in it, yep. it could be seen as a sequel if you kind of squint, like the events of the first one sort of have to have happened yeah, in some form happened, or yeah. other, yeah. Yeah. but... As a plot, it's more or less standalone. Yeah. So it's sort of a reboot quell, I think. Um, you could watch them independent one another, but yeah. you could watch them and it to ignores and it be fine as well. Yeah. yeah, so it pretty much ignores all of the, I guess, all of the sequels. But it's, I actually, I think I'm using elements from four different nightmare films and in some ways in the plot and i'll tell you which ones they are when i'm finished okay but okay, okay so pretty much as i was saying before you know we need to be able to root for horror villains but the thing is it's kind of a really fine line because if they're too sympathetic they lose their menace which is why things like hannibal rising don't work because it's like well suddenly we give him a background and motivations and try to make him sympathetic he's not scary anymore but if they go too dark they lose their appeal hence why you should not make freddy krueger a pedophile. So yep. Looking at yeah, some fun. classic <clears throat> horror villains, you know, you've got your Hannibal, you've got your Freddy uh, Krueger, you've got your Norman Bates. And the villains we can root for and be scared of, Norman works because his insanity is not his fault. And so we feel sorry for him while we're horrified by what he does. Hannibal works because he's classy, he's sophisticated, he's smarter than everyone else. Plus there's the whole eat the rude thing, which makes him sort of endearing.
3: It's the save the cat for the bad guys. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And Freddy works because he's so much fun. But the thing about Freddy Krueger is that he is a child murderer. And not just in the films, but in his backstories. He was killing kids. I thought you were going to say, not just in the films, him. but in real life. I was like, fuck.
2: Yeah, the actor
3: it's played like, Freddie yeah, no. Uh, uh, Robert Englund
0: children. went full method for this. <laughs> Jesus.
3: But, um, That's
0: dark. <laughs> yeah, so the remake, and then the remake comes out and outright says that he's a pedophile. And that element doesn't make him scary. It just makes him repulsive in a way that horror, a horror villain in a fun horror franchise should never really be. So I'm going to reboot the whole franchise in my style. We open on the desolate remains of 1428 Elm Street, the iconic house. It's dilapidated. It's long abandoned. And we slowly pull out to see it isn't alone. The whole street looks like this. The whole of Elm Street has been long abandoned. Nobody's been here in a very, very long time. A woman in her 30s surveys the scene. And she's frowning. She's fascinated. She walks into the house. It's a total wreck. Old family photos hang about the place. Cobwebs are everywhere. Wallpapers peeling. She heads down to the basement. She opens the boiler. And she reaches in, she feels around. It's empty. She walks back up and into the street. And as she walks down the road, she hears a yell. She turns. There's a man in rags sitting at the front of one of the neighbouring houses. And with a wavering hand, he points to her and smiles. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. She opens her mouth to respond. The wind picks up. He gets louder. She starts to run. We cut to a mental asylum. Young teenagers, eyes hollow, faces drawn, are led to their rooms. The nurses put them to bed one by one, soothing them. They force them to take their pills. One or two shake their heads, but finally do it. The nurses leave. In every room, the kids wait a moment. Then all start spitting out their pills, hiding them around the place. They're not going to be sedated, because bad things happen when they sleep. And the doctors are at a loss. They're trying to figure out what to do, because the lack of sleep is wreaking havoc on these already troubled kids... We're seeing some of them acting more and more erratically and all of them have the same crazy story about a madman stalking them in their sleep. But whatever this shared delusion is, they need to snap out of it if they're going to get any better. The head doctor, let's call him Ken, is contacted by a sleep pathologist who wants to study the kids and maybe work out what's going on. And at a loss, he agrees that she can come to the asylum and study the kids. And it's the woman from the opening scene. Her name's Claire. Claire asks the doctor to fill her in and then she requests to see the kids. So one by one, she goes to each of them. She asks a couple of questions, but they won't speak because they're used to not being believed. So Claire returns to Ken, and she makes a suggestion. Sedate their food. And Ken's like, well, no, that's unethical. But Claire retorts it's the only way to get them sleeping and then thinking clearly. And there's not much she can do for them while they're barely functioning. So Ken agrees and does as she says. That night, the kids, despite their best efforts, all fall asleep. And we enter a nightmare. And if we want to like have a reference to the originals, I'm thinking maybe we use the marionette kill from the third one. Otherwise, yep, come up with something if, which original. Which is
3: one of the most iconic ones, Exactly, is that one.
0: But then again, it depends on how much you want to be throwing in Easter eggs and callbacks or how much you want to come up with something original. It could be an original death, but I don't want it to be like a goofy death like the later ones. I want it to be... Dark and fucked up and disturbed. Yeah,
3: you could you could you could find that nice middle ground of because I was talking to these guys before about the new Ghostbusters and how while being wholly original, it knows where it comes from, it tips its hat repeatedly yeah, to the old sure. films. So do you, and a bit like Force Awakens and and the, yeah. and the original Star Trek film, the first Star Trek film yeah. does. They know their source material, they're aware of it, so you kind of maybe can have your cake and eat it too in that sense of having a yeah, marionette well, death,
0: but it's slightly different. Maybe he hangs not? himself. Yeah. Yeah. Something like yeah, that. Maybe do hangs himself for it minutes or. Add yeah, cool. To it. Well, okay. Yeah. Let's, let's have a, anyway, let's have a fucked up death that harkens back without being exactly the same. Sounds good. Um, deal with that director. So to the it's, doctors. It's Johnny Depp. Let's yeah. <laughs> so let's say to the doctors, it looks like he's hanged himself, but the kids know otherwise. And they break into hysterics. They're determined to get out of the asylum. And they're losing it. Like they knew this was going to happen. And not only that, they now do not trust the doctors. So Claire gets in there as the kids are like screaming and losing it and she confronts them and she demands that they tell her about Freddy. And it's the first time we've heard the name. And stops the kids in their tracks. And in the guise of a counselling session, Claire gets them all together and she asks for their stories. And tentatively, they begin to explain. Originally, it was an urban legend. Whispers that some kids had died in their sleep. And then these nightmares started happening to them. All the Elm Street kids. Their parents wouldn't believe them. Their friends wouldn't either until they were all either dead or locked up in this asylum. And then it would happen to the friends as well. Always the same. A burned man with knives for fingers. Claire nods. She suspected this. She tells the kids that she believes them and she will help them in whatever way she can. So Ken confronts Claire, basically confronts her and says, You're encouraging their delusions. He's, and he's checked her credentials, they're fake. She is not a sleep pathologist. Ooh, <gasps> girl, fake doctor in the asylum. So who the hell is she? Reluctantly, Claire admits the truth. She's been on the trail of Freddy Krueger for years now, ever since her father murdered her mother and then killed himself and carved the name Freddy Krueger into her mother's body. Ooh, that's... And she's that's never dreamed about it. him or anything like that. But a few years ago, she found the story on a, in a dark corner of the internet and she's been the chasing it ever since. Freddy Krueger Yeah, why not? yeah. <laughs> And she's been chasing it ever since. So she doesn't believe this is delusion. She believes that whatever Freddy Krueger is, he's real. And that they aren't doing these kids any favours by refusing to believe them. So Ken caves and he agrees to show her the files. The backstory about Elm Street. The newspaper articles about the original murders from years ago. Newspapers that were never archived with more detail than she's seen so far. And in the papers, she sees the name of a self-proclaimed survivor. The one Elm Street teenager Freddy never killed nancy thompson good nice nice so claire sets about tracking down nancy and she's hard to find but claire is used to investigating and eventually tracks her to this small distant town where she now works as a vet so nancy's pushing 40 now she's unmarried a no-nonsense woman living her life in peace and quiet and she's well liked in this town she likes her life and she's none too thrilled when claire appears asking questions he's got new playthings now claire says do you know what he is So Nancy tells her story about how Freddy Krueger was a local recluse convicted of murdering children but let off when somebody signed a search warrant in the wrong place. So the Elm Street parents, including her own when she was just a little kid, got together and murdered him. Then when Nancy was 17, he returned. She explains how he killed all her friends, how she dragged him into the real world and defeated him. Was that it? Claire asks. But Nancy shakes her head. No. He came back. Again and again.
3: Eight times. <laughs> and eventually,
0: Nancy learned how to fight. And she drove him away in the dreams. She took control of the way that he did. And eventually, Freddy disappeared. But she always figured that sooner or later, he would be back. So Claire tells her about the asylum and about the kids. Tells her they need to learn how to fight. Nancy's reluctant, but Claire pleads with her. You can save lives, she says. Nancy refuses. She cannot confront him again. Back at the asylum, one of the kids falls asleep accidentally, and again, it's savagely killed by Freddy, torn to shreds in the halls. The scene is very similar to the murder of Nancy's boyfriend from years ago. And this gets Nancy thinking. So she agrees, and she returns with Claire. And together they address the kids, and imagine that Nancy gives this monologue about her trauma and about the years she's spent running. And it's raw emotional stuff. And the kids are almost overcome to finally have somebody know what they are going through. And then Nancy tells them they can fight. And so she starts teaching her techniques. First set alarms. Sleep for only a few minutes at a time. Eventually your body will train itself to go into deep sleep for 10 minutes. Then remember that they are not normal dreams. You are yourself in them. You are at his mercy, but it's your mind. You can control it. So let's have a bit of a training montage. We show Freddie's original nemesis teaching this whole new generation how to fight him. When the time comes, the kids finally fall asleep. Freddie waits, but this time they fight back. Using powers, weapons they create in their dreams, they battle him away. And for the first time, they are able to sleep properly. The kids are happy. They're celebrating. Things are good. But Nancy tells them, stay on your guard. And sure enough, Freddie returns. One of the kids one night fights him. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. But Freddie seems
0: stronger now. And as he's about to kill the kid, the kid yells that he knows who he is. Just a pathetic, sick pedophile. Oh. And Freddie loses it. He was not a fucking pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> not a killer or a monster. He was innocent.
3: Oh, okay. He
0: minded his own business, and then the real fucking monsters murdered him. Nobody signed a search warrant in the wrong place. He was let off fairly, but the parents could not accept that. They needed someone to blame, and so they killed him. Fucking and he parents. will make them suffer.
3: Can I just say, I can actually see in my head the scene. He's about to kill him. This guy's like, you're a filthy pedophile. And he's just like, what the fuck did you just call me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> Mate, that is too harsh, all right? Go What the so, fuck? <laughs> so Freddy vanishes and the kid wakes up. He's gasping. Nancy and Claire hurry to him. What, what's happening? And he tells them what Kruger said. And Claire's shaken. Is, is it possible that that's true, that he was innocent? Nancy won't believe it. He was and is a monster, she says. But Claire isn't buying it. Is there anyone left alive who can tell us? As it happens, there is. Of course there is. Nancy's estranged father, now an alcoholic, once a sheriff, spending his nights wasting away in bars. The man who wouldn't believe his daughter as all her friends died around her. So Nancy and Claire find him. He's old, he's drunk, he's barely coherent. They press him for answers and finally he admits it. He's Nick Nolte. Uh, Essentially, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, Kruger got off. He got off fairly, but they all knew he did it. That creepy fuck had to be responsible. Nancy stares at her father. Even you don't believe that, she says. Do you have any idea what you've done? That night, Nancy and Claire stay at a hotel, and Claire is plunged into a strange dream. An old factory, burning, and in the middle of it stands Freddy. She stares at him. I know how to fight you, she says. Freddy emerges from the shadows. But he isn't burned, or even wearing knives. He looks how he must have looked before the attack.
3: Okay, okay.
0: You of all people don't need to fight me, he says. But you keep trying. You need to walk away. And she says, you killed my parents. They killed me, he says. And more than that, they stole from me. They thought they could run and hide far away from Elm Street. But they had to know that I would find them eventually. Them, she says, you killed them and not me. Why? I killed the kids to take from the parents, Freddy says, to hurt them. But you weren't theirs. You were mine.
2: Oh! 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 Illegitimate daughter.
0: And as his words reverberate through Claire's head, the horrible truth falls into place. Her parents, always a little distant, always a little way down by something. Her childhood never quite fitting in anywhere. Because when the Elm Street parents murdered Freddy Krueger, they didn't just kill a creepy loner. They killed a struggling single father with a baby daughter. A baby daughter nobody knew he had until he was already dead. Oh, a baby daughter taken in by guilt-ridden parents, terrified that maybe, just maybe, they killed the wrong guy. A baby daughter who grew up to be Claire.
1: Uh, oh,
3: Gabe. Oof. Kruger daughter. This is definitely, definitely <laughs> your version of
2: an Elm Street
3: film. <laughs>
0: yep. Oh, God. So Claire wakes up with a scream. She's sweating. She's panting. Nancy's walking at the same time and says to her, what's wrong? But Claire shakes her head. She needs to think. She walks out into the night, looking into the darkness. Nancy follows her. What if we could make him stop? Claire asks. Nancy's confused. Stop killing. Claire nods. He's a monster now, Nancy says. Whatever he was before, whatever was done to him, that does not justify the choices he made. He needs to be destroyed.
3: That's true. He killed like a shitload of kids. (laughs) So regardless that he's wrongfully accused, you know. He was once innocent, now he's not. not. This is is your sympathy but still the dick. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, And Claire says everything was taken from him. He's broken. Maybe he can be fixed. Nancy stares at Claire and then very calmly, she says, What did he tell you? Claire's furious. He was innocent, she says, and they killed him. Just because he was different, a loner, strange. They killed an innocent man with a child and then they took that child. Realization hits. It's you, Nancy says. That's why he killed your parents. They weren't my parents, Claire spits. There's silence for a moment. And then Nancy nods. Her jaw is set. She is angry. You know, Ken told me about your trick with the sedatives. She says, "Just to see what happened. Even though you knew you were putting the kids in danger, you still did it. Yeah, it makes sense. You really are his child."
3: Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Boom. Well, Claire, Claire turns
0: to Nancy. We well, can hang make... on. Hang on.
3: No, nah, you're on. on. You're on Nancy's side. Fuck yeah. Not on. Daughter taken away from... Nah, fuck that shit. She's a Kruger daughter.
1: Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, no.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm with Carney.
3: Yeah. Can I just say, I'm really happy
0: that we've coined the
3: term Kruger, Kruger daughter. daughter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I think if, if nothing else comes from this, that's it. Okay, so Claire turns to Nancy. We can make the killing stop, Claire says. We can make him stop.
3: See, how are you not on this side? Because he fucking kills children, oh. mate.
0: And then Nancy says, oh, I will make him stop. That bastard destroyed my life, took everything from me. Whatever my parents did, my friends and I were innocent. They were not our crimes. And now with those kids, I might have a chance to wipe him out for good. And how many more of them have to die before you succeed? Claire asks. Nancy studies Claire for a moment. And then very simply, she says, I've waited years to destroy him. If you get in my way, I will kill you. Oh. Oh, Good. With that, Nancy goes to the car and races into the night, abandoning Claire. Nancy returns to the asylum the next day. She gathers the kids and tells them that they're destroying Freddy tonight. together, one last all-out assault. <laughs> Meanwhile, Claire waits at the hotel, staring down the desolate highway, thinking. Night falls and Nancy and the kids take their sleeping pills. Far away in the hotel, Claire does the same. In the twisted dreamscape, the kids and Nancy hunt, On guard. Ready. Claire, meanwhile, searches alone. So we can have some chaos here. We can have Freddy picking them off one by one as Claire's desperately searching for him. Some of the kids are fighting back. Lots of cool, weird dream action. And finally, Claire finds her father. Stop, she tells him. For a moment, they just look at each other. You don't have to be this, Claire says. They killed you. Don't be like them. It's too late, Freddie says. It's not, Claire replies. And then she looks at him and she says, I forgive you for everything. Just stop now. Be at peace. I forgive you. And as Freddie hears those words, as he looks at the daughter he thought was taken from him, the woman who is offering him forgiveness for all he has done wrong, Freddie slowly becomes himself again. Mm-hmm. And then a oh. blade thrusts through Claire's chest. Ah, good. She oh, does. Good. <laughs> Her eyes go wide. You're an arsehole.
3: No, I'm not. Why are you not a? No, Claire he's son? not. Because she's taken the word of this guy in a dream. He's like, oh, I'm your father. I'm
2: on Team Nancy because completely. She, yeah, she's a screwed she daughter. Lived
3: twenty years of this guy killing kids, man. Yeah, look, he did yeah. some bad things, but like <laughs> you can fix him.
2: Yeah, you can fuck, fuck Claire. But I forgive you for murdering
3: dozens of children. Yeah, you're one of those people who likes the death penalty, aren't you, Carney?
1: No, I got no comment on that, mate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, Claire goes down, eyes wide, staring at her father. She falls. Behind her, eyes alight with furious vengeance, is Nancy Thompson. Come and get me, motherfucker.
3: Oh, yeah, no, that's cool. Uh, All right.
0: And with a furious roar, Freddy is the monster again. He attacks, and Nancy fights back. The remaining kids join her, but something has changed. Freddy is not playing around anymore. With brutal precision and violent rage, he slaughters all of the kids one by one until only Nancy is left. And she realizes she's cornered. And she stabs herself. And she wakes up and stumbles out of the bed because she knows by now that somebody else can kill you in a dream, but kill yourself and you wake up. She's away from Freddy now. She stumbles out into the halls of the asylum. The bodies of the kids that she had used are everywhere, torn up, destroyed, eviscerated, all through the halls, blood coating the walls. And Nancy runs and she gets to her car and she drives. She tears up the long and lonely highway. She's terrified. She doesn't know where she's going. And as the sun rises, she finally reaches her hometown. But something is very wrong because everywhere out in the streets are bodies men women children kids who brought their pets to her in tears parents she was friends with the elderly the whole town that she made a home <laughs> is dead
2: oh my god
0: and Nancy takes it all in without expression and she gets in her car and she drives and she drives day and night tearing up the highway not knowing where she's going not caring either and then she late she
3: pay for the replacement highway because she's been tearing up She has been tearing up the highway
0: <laughs> but, So late one stormy night, she's driving, she turns on the radio. One, two, (laughs) Freddy's coming for you.
3: Every time you've done that, I've actually gotten those
0: thoughts. (laughs) And as Nancy hears that, she looks up through the windscreen. The sky is a turbulent blood red, and standing alone in the road, getting closer by the second, is Freddy. The singing gets louder. Freddy bares his teeth and raises his claws. Nancy smiles, and she slams down the accelerator. The end.
2: Mm.
3: So you said there won't be any sequels, Gabe. It could
2: be. There you might can't not have be so many sequels. Now you've done at that thing that daughter. I hate
3: <laughs> Where the movie doesn't end. Well, you know, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, or it could be an ambiguous no, ending. He leaves it up to you to decide <laughs> what happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like to believe that Nancy. We're is- <laughs> <Well>, your <laughs> team, Nancy. <laughs> I'm fucking Which, team. Nancy. Yeah, team I'm Nancy. Team I'm team Dan. I'll tell you what, Nancy left all his kids to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did. Nancy's so real shit.
0: She's a real, real of a piece of shit. But that was that was kind of the fun I had doing this was. Making no one's both, a winner. No one's a good guy. Yeah, like Nancy you and really Claire fucked me both... over
3: because I put all my chips on Nancy. <laughs> no, <man. laughs> you went all red. <laughs>
0: but like to me, it's like okay. By this point, if Nancy's been tormented for so long, by this point, she's not going to be. She's broken. Yeah, she's broken. There's like, no way she's going back. There's no way she's going to consider an alternative to revenge.
3: Wow. Mm. Does <gasps> see? I thought the switch, the bait and switch, was going to be like something to do with they kill Freddie mm. and then Claire becomes Freddy. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, no, leave it, it for it. the sequel <laughs> Just just the, the outrage no. We'll, no, no, Get we'll done, turn this into like, the to, Soul to franchise. To me, like, There'll like, be like six different Freddies. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> and to me, I mean, I think one thing I thought the remake did really well, and that was one of the elements from one of the films I took, was the fact that Originally before they said, before they revealed he was a pedophile, they actually said that Freddie was innocent. And I really like this idea that he was actually, and I know this, I know this fucks over so much of the lore of the films and everything yeah. about him being the bastard son of a hundred maniacs or the demons that infest him or whatever the fuck Nightmare on Elm Street 6 did. But <laughs> basically, I like the idea that if he was innocent. And they turned on him and they killed him unjustly. That, to me, makes him almost more interesting because he can still be just as much of a monster in the yeah. present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it's rooted in anger and revenge, then it's a different it's, story for it's,
3: it's the woman in black thing. Mm. So you, oh, for those yeah. who haven't seen woman in black, the whole thing... Have you both seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. You've seen it?
0: Yeah, I've seen it, yeah. Oh, well,
3: they're great. Everyone's seen it. So mm. it's, that whole, yeah. it's that whole thing of... She's doing really terrible things, but it's coming from a place of pain because it wasn't her fault.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
3: She was unwell and they took a kid off her and then they died and she's just out for revenge. So the thing she's doing is terrible and you want her gone, but you can understand why she's doing, why it. She's doing it, Yeah, which I really like. It, it yeah. spun my head out to be like, oh, Freddie's innocent. And I was team Freddie and team Claire. Yep, kill all those fuckers. They ruined your life, mate. You're a fool, mate. Yeah. I, am I a fool? Yes, and you are. You're, you're, you're lucky you're putting your chips in on red, and hey, Nancy's just as bad as Freddie. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. It's <laughs> a lot of red.
0: Um, oh. no. I'm not, like, I are I actually, think out? they're all, like, I, I, that's why I got really into writing this, because as I was doing it, I was like, man, like, because Nancy's right, like, Claire does sell out the kids early on when she sedates the food, because she knows exactly what's going to happen. Claire takes a big leap, though,
3: in, like, just believing... Freddie in a dream.
0: Do you know yeah, I mean, is? look, the fact is, if you actually wrote this as a full screenplay, you could do more with that mm. and get, basically just take it on faith that yeah. he's telling the truth. Um, What happened to Nancy's alcoholic dickbag father? He was just in that one scene. Okay. He um, Because he comes back in, and that was another element I took Sean from- Sean wants
3: more from the detached adult <laughs> male in your story. <laughs> Surprising
0: that. <laughs> but no, I took, um, because yeah, I took elements from, I took the innocent aspect from the remake. I took the daughter aspect from Freddie's dead, The Final Nightmare. And I took the Dream Warriors in the Asylum and the Alcoholic Father aspect from Nightmare 3. Yep.
3: Nightmare 3 is the, the best, oh, yeah, in, in my opinion. So the fact that those elements are there, I'm like, I'm on board because they're the, yeah. they're the best Oh, It's, it's essentially
0: something. a remake Two, of three. Dream Warriors, yeah, more yeah. than anything. Um, it just has elements from other ones and the original yep. aspect of Claire and stuff like that. Because yeah, in Freddy's Dead, the Final Nightmare and Nightmare 6, the main character is Freddy's daughter, who we didn't know about previously. But she ends up defeating and killing him. So I thought it was more interesting if that's not the case. Yep. Yeah. Did you give any um, thought to uh, any of the kids? Like, I imagine if you write that as a full screen, oh, you'd you develop, develop the them shit much out of yeah. yeah, you'd make them, because I like the idea that Freddy kills them all at the end, particularly if we like them, and oh, we, yeah. if they have individual personalities, and we get to know them, and we get to like them, yep. and then when Freddy murders them all at the end, that gives it a ton of impact.
2: Yeah, no, you could do this little cute thing, because you say in that um, committing suicide and dream wakes you up. and if. Uh, Nancy knows this. She can let the kids know this before they all head into the dream. So she tells the kids before they go under, okay, if he corners you and you think you're going to die, kill yourself. kill yourself. You'll wake up, tag back in. And you can have this sweet moment with the kids where they kill themselves, wake up, and think, should I go back? Yeah. Should I help out yeah. my friends? Oh, that so good. I don't know. I'm a nervous little teenager. Yeah. yeah uh, and they can do it, and they can die. It'll be really heartbreaking. Yeah. Now, imagine this. One of the guys has a crush on one of the girls. Oh. And he's really nervous and frightened. So he wakes so he kills himself in the dream, and he's panicking because he thinks, I love her. I have to go back for her. But fuck, I can't. I can't. But he does anyway, and he gets killed hardcore for oh, it. Oh, man.
0: This, there's a lot of pathos for a Freddy Krueger film here.
2: Here's that moment. He goes back
3: for her, and he finds her, and he's like, you okay? She's like, Yes, I'm okay. He's like, Great. And they start like, running away. And then he's like, "Oh, you're, you're hurting me. And he turns around, and her hands are claws, and then she turns into Freddy oh. Krueger. Oh, yeah. Yes However guys To go back You have to go back to sleep yeah. yeah How are these kids Going to go back to sleep man? They're in an asylum Sedatives, bro. sedatives. Yeah. Do they have access To the sedatives They do now Well right, they cool. did to go in there
2: In the first place Problem solved Good anyway, yeah. I, well, I mean I assume years. Nancy Has some way of getting Into the asylum That's kind of legit uh,
3: Yeah not look,
0: legit. I, It's mm. specifics I think she <laughs> breaks, know, no, I think she breaks we'll The devil in the asylum. details you
3: reckon? I think she breaks Them out of the asylum And they go to a new Oh yeah That's actually better Yeah.
0: That's much better You know,
3: it's good They They could do another set piece too. Exactly. They're in a warehouse somewhere and, you know.
0: And maybe you have like a bit of resolution for Ken. Maybe have Ken the doctor trying to stop Nancy and Nancy maybe does something really to just show how far gone she is. Maybe she like pulls a gun on him or something or I don't know what, but like just something to be like Nancy She could knock him out
3: and he wakes up and gets killed by Freddy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Or bring her dad back in. I don't know. Yeah.
0: I don't know. In some way.
3: Dad could be trying to find the warehouse where they're in. I don't know. Because I
0: think Freddy kills her dad in the third film because they go to her dad for information. Yeah. And he's an alcoholic fuckbag. And then I think because in every film, there's a different definitive way to kill Freddy forever. Yeah. And I think in the third one, it's they have to bury his they have to take his bones and bury them properly. Yeah. Then there's a bit where his skeleton comes to life and they fight his stop-motion skeleton. <laughs> and I think it's that, amazing. I, I think from memory the skeleton kills her dad. And then at the end, when they bury him and they defeat him, in the dream, the dad comes to Nancy and is like just saying goodbye to you, you know, you did well, you redeem me, Nancy's like, oh, thanks, and goes hug her dad, her dad's Freddy, and kills her. Oh. So. You can't kill Freddy. Basically, kill, basically, basically the, the, you know, the law
3: of, of Freddy is that he can't die. Okay. Like, even in, uh, so, the plot of J- Freddy versus Jason, yeah. it's really stupid, but basically at the end, he gets his head cut off, and Jason wins, and he's walking out of the lake with Freddy's, um, severed, Freddy's head. severed head, and he's like, yeah, and the camera pans down to the head, and the head just goes. Just winks, Just yeah. winks. I forget it's, the audio medium. and I, yeah, guess, I, guess. I, I, I saved you oh, that. Thanks. Um, it was
0: a really good wink. It was a great. It wink. was a great wink. You're missing out. No, I think because what was I think in Nightmare Five, it's like if no, it's like Nightmare Four. If Freddy sees his reflection, he dies. And in Nightmare Five, it's something else. um and then in Nightmare Six, which is which is with his daughter, she puts a pipe bomb in his chest. She pulls him into the real world and puts a pipe bomb in his chest okay. and blows him up. And there are like three dream demons that have possessed him. Or Nightmare Six is dumb. <laughs> yeah. It's really dumb. It's the understatement of the century. Yeah, and then there's a bit where somebody's in a dream and the TV comes on and it's oh. Johnny Depp and he's just like this is your brain on drugs and then it's like Johnny Depp's Freddy and it's I don't really remember it's just fucking weird Which, yeah. and it was right. in 3D it's so like only the last oh, 20 3D. minutes were in 3D so right when Freddy and his daughter <laughs> Wait, are having their the final showdown yeah there's a thing on screaming like put on your glasses now oh, shit. it's like old yeah that would pretty
2: sick
0: would it No, I think it it would have been back in the day. No, But look, I mean, I I love the whole franchise, but honestly, uh, 1, 3, and and 7 are the only ones you need, I think. Like, they actually make a pretty cool loose trilogy because they're they're the ones Wes Craven wrote, incidentally. Mm. So 1, 3, and 7.
3: The thing that I found interesting is when you were like, oh, you know, I don't want to, like, fuck with the law, even though I have, and then you've just gone on to describe how every single film in the franchise just fucks with with the law.
0: (laughs) So, if anything, I'm actually adhering to the Freddy law by fucking with the law. (laughs) Correct. So there.
3: Wes, Wes Craven would be proud. He'd, uh, yeah, he would.
0: He'd be... Well, he sort of hated the franchise by the end. It's, is, is that in the first Scream where she's on the phone and he's like, what's your favourite scary movie? And she mentions Armory on Elm Street. She's like, yep, yeah, the sequels suck, though.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's The Scream, to,
3: to, to make a, a further point, the only horror film films that I can watch and enjoy are the Nightmare franchise. <laughs> Nightmare franchise, that's a weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the Scream films because Wes Craven writes horror films from a place of comedy. What about Evil Dead? Again, Evil, Evil Dead, Dead. Horror with comedy.
0: Yeah.
3: I, I can still watch horror films. I just... Oh, man. See, I love...
0: Like, I, I really think, and I'll probably do a movie maintenance on this at some point. I like, I feel like between having done a Hannibal sequel, a Jaws sequel, a Saw sequel, and now a Nightmare on Elm Street reboot quill, I feel like I need to, like... I feel like now I'm on a... I'm hell-bent on a path of writing sequels or reboots to all my favourite horror films. So I'll probably do a Ring thing at some point, but... The Ring is a horror film that I, I love because it is shit scary and it is atmospheric as fuck. I never really watch it. It's it's, oh, not, it's I did. You did. It's scary. I've, I've watched it's, it. When I was in high school and it fucked me in high school. The the face oh, in the oh, closet. Oh, like the, nah. the warping of the Oh, it's just it's ugh. I love but it so much cuz it's, it's so unsettling.
3: I had this when I watched it I was in high school and I had this theory that cuz it was like you watch the video and in the in the film you see like you see the video, you watch the video with uh it's an Watts? Watts. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you see the video with Naomi Watts. I looked away at that point because my logic was, and this is just proves how stupid and susceptible
0: to horror films I am,
3: <laughs> if I don't see the actual contents of the video, you'll survive. I'll survive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the video itself is fucked, though. Like, it's... Don't tell me. I don't want to know. Because if I never that, know I what's on it, I can't be killed. Well, I am... Um, on the DVD, they have an extra feature, which is just the cursed videotape. And I <laughs> yeah, did not watching that. Watching that once and what are putting you doing it on. Mate? And the moment it finished, the phone rang. <laughs> oh.
1: And I was like, ah. because oh, it's the door. Oh, yeah, because
0: no. when you watch the video, the phone nah. rings. It's the like, seven days. Fuck.
1: Oh, I yeah, oh, no.
0: love the ring. But yeah, I mean, look, oh. the nightmare films are not scary. I don't think you take them seriously, but I have a lot of love they're, for them. I think they're 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 very, very imaginative. They're, yeah, there's yeah. a few moments there's, here and there.
3: There's some dread in there. And it's I think bit you like know, bit like screen, There are bits where you're like, oh my god, oh my god, something's gonna happen, and there's bits where you're like, oh my god, that's really scary. But for the most part, the deaths are imaginatively, and you, you watch, you watch an armor on Elm Street film and be like, how are they gonna kill this guy? Yeah. yeah Freddy's yeah, gonna exactly. turn into a caterpillar and
0: eat them. Which yeah, that, that's it. It's, it was like watching Saw or Final Destination. It's like, yeah. what crazy way of killing people are you gonna come up with this time? And that's you know, I mean, I don't know, I I sort of love the even I the the very inconsistent all over the place lore of the Freddy films, that's because I'm a weird horror film nerd. But yeah, but they are like just trying to rewatch any of them nowadays is just kind of like, oh man, some films some films hold up, some films do not. And most of the Nightmare franchise does not, which I think is part of its charm. But so see, yeah. and I think as opposed to Evil Dead, which you could watch now and it's still great
3: because it was, it, you know what you're getting. Whereas I think yeah, yeah. Freddy, some of the Freddy sequels you're watching, you're like, oh, they're trying to be legit. Mm. And mm. they don't have the special effects to no, do that not at in all, 2016. Guys.
0: By and large, I guess cuz I m- think I've merged aspects from almost every nightmare film at this point. So that's that's my by and large maintenance for the entire Nightmare on Elm Street franchise packed into one film. It's like so, a Frankenstein um, film. Yeah, pretty much. But I I but was, not I about was Frankenstein.
3: Frankenstein, Kruegerstein? Kruegerstein? Oh, look, we got
2: That's Yeah, look, that's <laughs> <laughs> #Kruegerdora. It just sounds nice. Claire Kruger. Claire Kruger oh, yeah. Yeah, I, didn't,
0: I didn't even think of like oh, yeah, no she's coming back Kruger. from the sequel We're she's, run yeah. this into the ground and I can okay. be the <laughs> Wes Craven of this rebooted franchise and be like I'll come back for the third one but only if you don't make another one Yeah, and sure then we'll then. make
3: another seven <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: and on that note I've been Gabe
3: I've been Sean I've been Tom I've also been Tom
0: and if you have any ideas about how to fix or reboot or whatever the Nightmare and Elm Street franchise tweet us at SansPence radio or email us in at sanspens radio at gmail.com or our personal Twitters, I am at Goldbergmoser. I'm at Sidekick of Dowie. I'm at Tomegoose. And I'm at awkward Treed. That's Smooth. it. See you next time. See ya.
2: Go, Team Nancy! Sweet dreams!
1: <laughs> if you think this show is worth at least a dollar, why not donate to our Patreon account? Follow the links on our website, sanspantsradio.com.